0: Yeah, so I guess we'll just open it up for a couple minutes if anybody has any practice questions. Sure.
1: Um, well, I don't have a question, just a comment. Uh, what I found really helpful was when you had shared or made a suggestion earlier of just allowing anything to come in and just being accepting mm-hmm. of it. That was really helpful because mm-hmm. I'm always like, I shouldn't be doing this. Why isn't it? You know, it's mm-hmm. constantly like that. So. It was just really freeing. and I was able to really apply that like whatever was coming in it was like oh well you know? so that was extremely helpful and um, I, I feel that I'll be able to like carry that from here so that was pretty much what I wanted to share
0: great and also you'll notice that um, if you meditate more and you keep bringing this in you'll notice that then you'll get out of the meditation and maybe something will knock over in the house or something will happen and you'll go, eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. That, that equanimity, you're starting to build that muscle and that that'll also start to kind of translate and ripple out into your daily life. So again, it's the same mind. So any of the tools and techniques we figure out in meditation will also notice them starting to pop up in actual situations. And that's how those things work together. So very cool. We're gonna do a quick photo. You, all know, you, 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 you don't to have me? to just pretend to be like. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
1: don't.
0: Have to, you don't have to pretend to be like, no. anything. <laughs> <laughs> we shall make
1: like mantras and get, like. Seated. Just <laughs>
0: pretend I'm saying something very interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you
2: um, indicated that when we're doing the sitting meditation mm-hmm. that the idea to really just allow yourself to feel Mm. the breathing and the enjoyment of that, Mm. does that also apply to the walking? It does. I
1: found that really hard Mm. because I was aware much more of like actually it hurts to walk that slow.
0: So, good, good point. Um, So you'll notice that the mind, the natural mechanism of the mind, is that when the mind sees, feels, gets in contact with something pleasant, it shoots towards that, and it opens up, and it collects around that. So if you like hear a nice song, or you have a nice smell, or you see a beautiful sunset, or a beautiful person, or something, right? Suddenly, you're like, wow, you're kind of out there. Your ears, wow, you smell, it. Mm, right? You eat really good food, uh, so. This is kind of how the mind works, is that if the mind is in contact with something pleasant, it really comes out in full to experience it, wants to revel in it and be there with it. Conversely, however, I always say it's like if you're walking barefoot and you accidentally step on a rock, what does your foot do? Pulls away, retracts. You touch a hot stove, it pulls away, retracts. (coughs) That the mind... Goes towards things that it likes. Ooh, nice warm coffee. Goes in there, right? Or, you know, take something that you don't like. You know, sometimes I take Shannon's water and she actually puts, not accidentally, purposefully, puts apple cider vinegar in it, but I don't know that. So I'm, oh, water, and I'm drawn to it, and I drink it. Oh, what is this? And I spit it out, you know? So we pull in the things we like, push away the things we don't like. This is what the mind is doing constantly going towards things it likes, trying to pull in things it likes, trying to get away from things it doesn't like. So when we're sitting here in meditation, we'll notice things like fantasies might come up, right? That the mind wants to call in something that it likes, right? The mind wants to escape into pleasure, create something pleasurable that's not here. Or conversely, it feels pain, it feels boredom, it feels something unpleasant, And then it kind of starts spinning and wants to get away from that. and wants to fight that and destroy that and thinks that there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with the meditation or this doesn't work or whatever. And so these are kind of two of the, I don't even want to say extremes, but these are kind of the two directions. Is that the mind is either always trying to get something that it wants, something that feels good, something that's pleasant, or the mind goes in the other direction and really tries to get something get away from something that it doesn't want. So these are the two directions. So we need to know what are the antidotes to those two directions. The antidote to the mind always trying to go somewhere else for a good feeling, yeah, is to start creating that nice, peaceful, relaxed content to create that feeling right here in the present moment the more content you can be, the more everything is okay, whatever comes, it's fine, there's nothing wrong, everything's fine. You start to create a pleasant, positive sensation in the present moment, so the mind naturally comes and collects right in there. If there's something in the present moment that is not to our liking, that's pain in the body, pain in the mind, restlessness, fighting, then there's a couple different antidotes to that. One of them is as simple as forbearance. When I was a monk, a monk has a robe and a bowl and that's it, yeah? In the life of a monk, there's a lot of forbearance. There's times where it's cold, but that's all you can do. There's times you're hungry, but sorry, there's no more food till tomorrow. There's many times where you want something that's not there, yeah? Um, I was a monk in my 20s. You can imagine a young man in his 20s has many wants that are not available in a monastery. Mm
2: -hmm. Such as? (laughs) Such as
0: lovely ladies like yourself in their presence.
2: Oh, you can't see a woman?
0: (laughs) And I really feel that when you're in that form or that frame as a monk, because you're in the monastery or in that community, you have kind of all that support, I guess I could say. It really makes it easier to go through things that normally if you're just here and you feel dis, you know discomfort, you kind of want to wriggle out. If you're home and something's not okay, you go to the fridge and grab something, right? You go outside. You do, you, it's really easy and quick just to move and to change and to do something. Um, but to start building up that muscle of forbearance is actually just as important as building up the muscle of contentment. Finding pleasure in the, ple- in the present moment is super important. And also really learning how to sit with and soften to things that are not really tear-liking. Equally important, and it's kind of like the two sides of it that create that balance in the middle. Yeah? They both involve also qualities like softening. Right? If I have pain in my leg, I can soften. If I have something that's, I'm restless, I can soften being more accepting being more open to things allowing things to be out of our control not to our liking um, there's a fine line in there too because a lot of buddhists also find themselves going a little bit too much into that where they become militant they become rigid they become strict if there's a pain in my leg it doesn't matter you sit through it, it's kind of that energy um, that can help some people build discipline and build that forbearance muscle But if I have pain in my leg, the first thing I'm going to do is try to move my leg. If I move my leg, does it work? If I feel better, great. Drop back into the meditation. Yeah, if I suddenly feel that, oh, I've been sitting hunched and I feel, I kind of sit up and I stretch my body and then I come back into the meditation. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Do what you need to do for yourself. But also, like, when I've done longer-term retreats, when you're doing, like, 10 hours a day, every day, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to feel comfortable, and you try this, and you try that, and you just want to freak out, and your skin's burning off, you know, there comes a point where you also realize there is no comfort to be found in this moment. There is nowhere to go. So then you just let it go, and you make peace with it. And it's actually quite profound when you're in those moments where it's so uncomfortable But there's absolutely no way out of it. And at some point, you just realize, oh, why am I fighting then? And when you drop the fighting, suddenly there's no problem anymore, that there's just this sensation in your leg. It's this interesting thing I actually started doing when I meditate, and I get cramps in my foot, and this happens not so much these days, but when I would get a cramp in my foot, and I know when I was a kid, and I you know, be at home and I got a cramp and I'd say, Mom, my foot has a cramp. And she'd say, well, quick, stand up, stand on it, push on it, you know. And I'd stand up and I'd push on my foot and that cramp goes away. When I'm in meditation, I get a cramp in my foot. It's like a little game I play with myself and it's called Don't Move. And I just sit here and I feel the cramp and I kind of just smile at it. And I say, do your worst. And the cramp gets stronger and stronger and stronger and scarier and louder and burns. And it's more and more and more painful. And I just sit there looking down on it. And I say, go ahead, kill me. Let's see. And it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And and then it levels out. And then the cramp fades away completely. And then I just feel my foot. And I can feel that, oh, my foot's at a little bit of a weird angle. And then I can just adjust my foot and everything's fine. And it's this amazing thing that I always used to run away from the cramp. But to go through it, and it's not easy, but it's kind of fun.
1: Because you really face
0: it and you go through it. And on the other side of it, you see that eventually you, there is another side to that cramp. And you're kind of, and you're breathing, like, okay, okay, okay. But then actually it ends. And then you, can, you come out the other side and you say, oh... That was just that much. It's like when you eat too much wasabi or something with uh, sushi, you know, and it's, and it's like, oh my God, you know. If you ever eat too much wasabi accidentally, same thing applies, breathe into it. If you eat wasabi and you're like, oh, take a really deep breath in through your nose and it'll burn through your whole face for one second. And then it'll be gone. You go through it and then it's over. Yeah. And it's just interesting things like this that you start to learn when you really start to sit with things instead of running away from them. You go through instead of away. Um, So if you're doing walking meditation, for instance, and it hurts, the first thing I would say is like, are you hurting yourself? Is this actually bad for your body? Should you maybe just sit? That's totally fine, right? That's why some people in this room are sitting on chairs, some are sitting on the floor because we have different bodies, different needs. If somebody has a third degree burns in the bottom of their foot I'm not going to make them do walking meditation I'm going to say you should rest if however you're doing walking meditation it's uncomfortable, it's not really going to kill me what do I want to do in this moment, what makes the most sense, that can also be really good fuel for the practice just feel the sensations what does that ache feel like, what does that pain feel like, breathe, be with it take care of it, send love to it I'm here for you pain, I love you I can't help you but I'm here for you and I'll just be with you and start to just get rid of the resistance. And that aversion um, actually causes a lot more suffering than any of the pains themselves which is pretty interesting. Um, I've heard actually this as the definition of suffering, it's wanting from life what it cannot give you. Because anytime you're suffering it's actually because there's something there that you want to be different. Either you want something that's not there or you don't want something that is there. It's kind of like that. Animals suffer too, but you see animals often suffer in a different way. Um, animals can often forbear great amounts of pain because they're just kind of present with it and they're hobbling and stuff, And but they're just kind of there. They're not, they don't think they're somewhere else they should be. They just kind of are in it, and that's just pure physical suffering. And this is what the Buddha said. He said, um, so... If you're shot with an arrow, he said, a non-enlightened person immediately gets shot with a second arrow. And that second arrow is the internal mind reacting to being shot with an arrow. You get hit with an arrow. Ow, there's pain. And then there's a second arrow that comes, and that's your mind saying... What the heck? This shouldn't be there. This hurts. I don't want this. Who even shot that arrow? What the heck is going on here? Is this the Hunger Games or something? Get that arrow out of me. Is this poisoned? Am I going to be okay? My, the, this hurts. I don't want this. That, the, the mental anguish that you build around that physical pain creates a whole compounded second level of pain versus getting struck with that arrow. And he said an enlightened person gets just struck with that one arrow. That physical pain is a real thing. Even if, the, if you're the Buddha, the Buddha had physical pain, he had headaches, he had back pain. Things happened to the Buddha. Just because you're enlightened, you're not free. You still have the karma of this body. Our bodies have karma. And until you die, that you're following the karma of the body. But how you respond and relate to that body, that's kind of more where your work is. Same thing like if there was a loud noise outside. I want to follow that noise get mad at that noise think that noise is distracting me think this is hopeless I can't meditate with that noise you know how much do you want to focus on that thing or how much do you want to just let it be and kind of come back to yourself so something like that yeah. okay. um, any other questions I'm
1: wondering about uh, working with the rest. Yes. so I feel like Sometimes I can drop pretty deeply, I'll describe it. Mm. And if someone guides me to work with my breath, mm. the reverse happens. Like, um, I'm a mm. uh fearful, mm. uh, confused, what's in, what's out. Mm. And if I can just skip the whole breath thing and just go under mm. that, sure. I'm much better. So I'm curious what you would say about that. Sure.
0: So- the breath, it's just a stepping stone.:
1: So I can skip it. I mean, lots of breathing. it. But... <laughs> so
0: there's actually many ways to that deeper state. Uh-huh. Um, the breath is one of them. And ultimately, like I was even saying, is that when we're breathing, the breath eventually combines with the feeling of peace, relaxation. Mm -hmm. We start to breathe and it starts to feel blissful. And then eventually the breath itself drops away and just that feeling of bliss remains. Mm -hmm. And that's when the mind becomes still. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I myself actually feel the space around me Mm -hmm. and I feel the peace in myself and I just rest in that. And I feel my thoughts come and then they go and they come and they go but I just stay in that space. Mm -hmm. And eventually the mind just starts to settle all by itself Mm -hmm. and then actually my breath starts to come in all by itself as well. Mm -hmm. And then from there then it takes me in. Mm -hmm. Um, So whatever works for you, however you can get in there, Mm -hmm. go for it and get in there. But also make sure that By skipping the breath and by just, oh, now I can just relax. But make sure that that's able to deepen. Because it's easy just to sit, relax, do nothing, sure. But that doesn't necessarily deepen. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of that real kind of skillful place of how do I kind of be present and be focused, but at the same time be totally relaxed and released. And, you know, it's like riding on a bicycle. A little kid gets on the bike for the first time. They're like, how the heck is this thing supposed to work? I can't even stand up on it, and I'm supposed to move on it, too? Like, that's impossible. What the kid doesn't understand is once you start moving, you actually start to balance, that you have to kind of engage in that process for it to then actually relax and kind of come in. Um, So something that um, you can also do is as you breathe, when I said, for instance, breathe in and feel relaxed, breathe out and dissolve or... Breathe in and relax, breathe out and smile or feel peace. Thich Han uses these methods a lot. Um, these are kind of tools that the breath itself just starts to become a, a means of, of pleasant feelings. Yeah, one of the monks I talked to, he said every time he breathes out, he imagined he's just like making an offering. He doesn't know what he's making an offering to, but just that feeling of offering with the out breath, he said gave him a very uplifted mind. So you can really play around with the breath too. The breath, it's like a canvas. You know, and what, how do I want to create a relationship to that that it starts to bring pleasant feelings and sensations mm-hmm. in um, but definitely if it's kind of a hindrance or it gets in the way or it sounds even like a little bit of what I was going through or I was like trying to get something out of the breath trying to get meditation out of the breath or it then got confusing or like what is going on just to just throw it all out the window and just relax yeah definitely but ultimately we remember that the whole point of this is to relax the mind so if what you're doing is creating more irritation, you're feeling more irritation, then drop it. Yeah, then be a, how can I say? You know, if, if you're walking through a, a room and there's a fireplace in that room and your eyes are closed, you'll feel where it's cold and you'll slowly start to feel where it's warmer, where it's warmer, and you'll start to head towards the heat and eventually you'll be able to reach that fire. So meditation's the same way. You'll sit here. And you'll kind of feel what's kind of bringing me into more of a peaceful, open, grounded, uplifted place and what's kind of not bringing me there. And you're feeling your way through this space, through this room, through this process. Oftentimes with meditation, the more that you can let go, the more you let go, the deeper you get. So it's not the more things you're doing correctly. <laughs> I'm sitting up, I'm breathing, I'm focusing, I feel the relaxation in it becomes way too much. Mm-hmm. Actually, the more that I strip that back for myself, and when I get to really deep meditation, then I start to even strip back wanting to meditate, trying to meditate, mm-hmm. even trying to move forward, that any motivations I start to take away, mm-hmm. any extra levels of structure, I start to peel back, peel back, peel back, and all that's left mm-hmm. is just that, that beautiful state of being, which is the point at the end. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: Can you achieve the same depth of meditation of peace <clears throat> from a fully guided meditation versus, or is the objective to, like you did some guidance in the beginning, but then we did silent meditation. But there are meditations out there that are an hour guided meditation, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Is, is that just a tool to get you ready to be able to s- sit silently? go more deeply or is that achieving the
0: same thing ultimately you of course want to be able to practice on your own you want to be able just to go off in the forest and just do your thing go in your room you don't want to be dependent on something to get you there you want to be able to understand how to get there that being said um for instance i have meditated during dharma talks during people giving teachings and they've said something and it's triggered something in me and I dropped into a deep state of bliss just through a word that they said. Through the way that they explained something, I was like, oh, and, and I dropped right in. Um, and once I knew that place and knew what that felt like, that was then a place that I could return to. Um, so, yeah, there's no right or wrong. It's kind of whatever works for you. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. I
1: have. To. Sure. Um. What do you recommend to make those moments of bliss longer? because I, I felt like you know at one point I wasn't even paying attention to feeding mm. mm. and I felt like I was like somewhere like around but mm. not really physically I just I can't explain it but yeah. it felt really good mm. and then I thought my command and kind of woke me up from that mm-hmm. um, I don't know how, if I can explain yeah, it sure. right, but it's just the thought brought me back into thinking.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to go back to that sure. orange place. <laughs> so imagine that, imagine that you're standing in a pool of water, mm-hmm. a large swimming pool, and you're standing in it, and the water is still. And then a breeze comes through, and it makes little ripples on the, mm-hmm. on the water. And you say, oh, but I want that water to be still. So you start trying to hit those ripples away with your hands. Yeah? What happens? So if you're in a peaceful place and something comes in and disturbs it, all you have to do is let it go. The thought disturbing you. When I was in the monastery, we were next to a main road. On one side, which had a tram that went past the monastery, behind the monastery was train tracks, and above the monastery was the flight path of the Lufthansa Air Force. Okay? So that's, that's what we had to work with. So when we would sit during our meditation in our Buddha hall, and the back windows, especially in the summer, was really hot, so we'd open up the windows, but that's where the train tracks were. So we'd be sitting there meditating, and a train would come by, and you'd hear... Yep. Yeah. And without fail, and because like the nuns sat on that side and the monks sat on the other side so the nuns were closer to the windows, without fail one of the nuns would stand up and walk over and start closing the windows. And every single time in my mind I thought, You are so stupid.
2: <laughs>
0: Why? This isn't a sexist comment. It was because in that moment That as soon as the nun stood up to close the windows, that train had already passed. Mm -hmm. But she was still reacting to something that had already happened. And it was setting her off on all of this movement Mm -hmm. to stop something that had already happened. It's not like trains are going to come every two seconds. Like there's no train for, you know, hours. So that's exactly what happens in our meditation. We'll be sitting, we'll be peaceful, there'll be a thought, and we'll jump on it. We start doing things. Mm-hmm. And then we pull ourselves out of it. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting in meditation and that train comes through, just let it pass. Mm-hmm. Just there's nothing for you to do. You just wait, that train will pass and everything will clear out all mm-hmm. by itself. Yeah?
1: Instead of trying to catch it up.
0: Instead of trying, really just allowing, pulling back, mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. Stripping back the effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Again, if you think of, the, of water a glass of water with a fly in it and that fly is kind of struggling to get out and it's creating all this agitation yeah that's what each of us has in our minds we have this mind that's actually still by itself but then we have a fly in our own mind that's agitating it, what is that fly and how do you pull it out, is that the fly of wanting things to be different wanting to have a good meditation wanting to get something is it a fly of doubt, oh I don't know how to do this oh this won't work, oh I don't know I'm not good enough, right? What is it? What are the mechanisms, the programs in our mind that keep getting in that way and how to diffuse those programs? Yeah, so that's what it's about. It's not building new skills. It's learning how to deprogram those things that are keeping our mind agitated. Yeah. Okay. I'm
2: thinking about like the mind and the fly. And it's like any situation that we need to let go. But the process that I would go through usually is check the fly out. Like, okay, so, so what do I do? Let it out? Or do I just keep on drugging it and then uh, put it, it, <laughs> go to sleep, you know, whatever, just distract it? Um, or do I kill it? Like, I'm not really sure. What am I supposed to do with the fly? So basically, most of the time, I just yeah, numb it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I should I kill it or let it out.
0: So, <laughs> what I would say to you, what I would say to you is this. Ready? So right now, feel your feet in your socks. Right now, notice the sound of the heater in the distance. Okay? You can keep your eyes open. So those things were there the whole time. Right? Our feeling of our feet has been there the whole time. That background noise has been there the whole time. But we haven't been aware of it. Because the mind has the ability to focus on one thing and drown out everything else. If you are focused on your thoughts... If you think your thoughts are you, if you think that you have to do something to stop thinking, then your thoughts are going to be like how you're listening to my voice right now. It's going to be the main focus. Like at a movie theater, you're watching the screen and you don't notice that there's all these people around you anymore. If you instead just feel the space around you, if you let go, if you breathe, if you drop, if you realize that there is nothing that you can do, if you realize that you are actually already helpless and hopeless and there is nothing to do and you just surrender and drop and be, yeah, then you focus on that state of release, you focus on that space, you focus on the beingness. My thoughts don't go away when I sit down to meditate. I'm probably the thinkiest person you've ever met. <laughs> my mind is crazy but i don't pay attention to my thoughts i pay attention to the space i pay attention to the release and eventually that's what fills my mind is the state of peace the state of release this energy and then the thoughts automatically go away it's so you're in a garden don't be so focused on pulling out all the weeds spend time watering the flowers let the flowers grow yeah so i would say it's just for that it's just change the focus
2: is it like you're saying, let go and let be? So let, I need to let the fly be do mm-hmm. itself, its thing. And
0: I would say let go and let the fly be, but also don't stare at the fly. <laughs> move on with your life.
2: So I have to be, too. I have to become a human being, rather.
0: You have to be a human being, but also what are you focusing on? Human beings have anger, we have fear, we have pain, we have all sorts of things that are not necessarily the best thing to focus on. I mean so, by me, like being
2: one, I mean, like as
0: if you're looking at that, light. like your being. You're... <laughs> if that helps you, sure. Are there any other questions before we meditate? Seth, what you what you said
1: about that, that reminds me of that kind of a Children quote: hmm. I am "The sky and everything else is the weather." Hmm. It's really helped me, especially with thoughts. So when I meditate and drop in, for some reason, I always feel like I'm behind my eyelids. Once hmm. I'm behind my eyelids, like I'm, in, I know I'm in. Right. But every like the, I think all the time, but I I think about that quote. And I'm like, It is, it's present. Hmm. You're present and everything's kind of coming through, whether it's the foot, the thoughts, It's been really helpful for me to be the stable thing and everything else.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah, you can focus on the fly or you can focus on the space of the room that the fly is going through. And if you focus on the space of the room, it's not like that fly went anywhere, but it's just not in your awareness anymore. You're mm-hmm. filled with space.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's really... Choosing what we focus on. This right mindfulness, right? What do we want to focus on? What is going to help us to focus on? And what's going to just drag us down? So, choosing your focus. Yeah. So, we have another half hour.